Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. You know, today's conversation is going to be real as per usual, but it's about breakups. So, you know, the tissues uh, or, (laughs) you know, put away, put away the weapons. Um, Let's not not hurt anybody. Let's stay out of jail. As I always say, prison is not an environment that I would thrive in. So I don't recommend it for anyone else either. (laughs) Before we get started, of course, we're going to do our check-in. So Sasha, how are you feeling today? Uh, I am so tired. I'm, I'm not sleeping and I'm cranky, and I'm irritable, and I feel like I'm going to bring some of that aggressive energy today with the whole breakup topic, because as I, you know, let everybody know, I recently experienced a breakup, and even though I'm good, and I'm moving forward, it's not fun, let me tell you, all that stuff is coming up for me, and um, I just wish I could sleep. If I could sleep, I think I'd be a happier person, but, you know, I'm just watching myself Get, go through this phase and I logically understand that it's just a moment in time and it's not going to be forever but it still doesn't make it any easier but it is better to just kind of watch it from afar that's what mindfulness is by the way just kind of allowing yourself to experience it as opposed to being mad and upset and anxious that I'm in this state right now but how about you I hope you're doing better than me yeah, so we're going to leave the link for Sasha's GoFundMe, like the bail and attorney's <laughs> fees, in the show notes. So, you know, please support, share on social media, because uh, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen after this episode. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We do not condone violence, ever. Uh-uh. Yeah, I think this week has just been a little strange, like, not feeling very motivated, but not feeling like super down and just kind of um, in this middle. And I don't even mean like a middle space in terms of emotion, like in this just weird limbo like space where I don't know what I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing. But it's like it's not bad, but it's not good. It's just interesting. And I think it's because of the pandemic, you know, just hitting kind of that like pandemic wall, like what is life? There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's still, like, not reachable. But I'm trying to go through the motions, but then I'm like, well, what's my purpose? So it's just, like, this combination of emotion. And I think because I don't feel super-duper busy and I have a lot of time that I'm like, what the the fuck am I doing? (laughs) Uh, So Mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of where I'm I'm at. I mean, hopefully it gets better (laughs) soon. That's interesting, though, because hearing that from a from an outsider's perspective, yo, it sounds like you're doing work, even if it doesn't feel like you are, because I kind of see you going in between like old patterns versus new patterns and you're just trying to manage it. I guess. <laughs> sure. I'll take it. <laughs> That's how it sounded to me. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, got to give credit where credit is due. You're doing the work. 
so we're just going to jump in. As a lot of you, as a lot of our faithful listeners know, I announced that I was broken up with about, I don't know, at this point, like what, three months ago? Um, yeah. And it's, it, it was hard, <laughs> but considering that I've been going through the motions and kind of seeing it in real time and experiencing my growth within these couple months, I definitely wanted to talk about breaking up because I think this is something that we all experience at one point in time. And to those who do not, God bless their souls for finding their soulmate early on and not having to go through this because this shit is rough. I've been through two breakups in my life. How about you? Uh, so I've, I mean, I've been through some major breakups. I will say I had like maybe three big relationships that felt like big breakups, but I've had a lot of like dating breakups, but it's also been a ridiculously long time since I've been like broken up with in terms of a relationship where someone was like yeah crystal's my girlfriend and i've been single for five and a half years now ever since i moved maybe maybe this apartment is cursed uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe you out of that apartment right right let me break this lease no but i i i know why i've been single for this time i think after the last relationship i was like oh so I, I do have experience with breakups, obviously. I think it just feels a little more far removed from my life just because I haven't had, like, a major, like, relationship breakup. But I've had my little, like, you know, when you date someone and you really like them and it doesn't work out, that shit still sucks, too. That counts as a breakup. At least in my mind, it does. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to tap into these feelings, but know that I'm a little a little more far removed than Sasha is on this topic. <laughs> Nah, I'm I'm super close. Like, I'm front in line watching this go right now. I do think that those little mini breakups, that's what I call them. They, they, do, they are breakups, right? Like, you don't necessarily have an established life with this person. But, yo, you got used to texting them. You got used to wanting to hear from them. Like, you, that's still breaking apart, whatever it was that you did get used to. So, it, to me, it does count. But I... When I say I've had two major breakups, these are people that like I've actually been in long-term relationships with. Um, but yo, breakups suck, period. Like that's that's all I know. <laughs> Cause it, it literally, even if you're the one, if you're if you're the break upper, I don't know, if you're the one breaking the, up. The, the dumper. The dumper. The dumper. There you go. If you're the that sounds harsh though. But the, if you're the dumper, <laughs> yeah, but the dumper versus dumpy. I've been both. I've been both. I've been the dumper. And most recently, I was the dumpy. And that shit is hard. It feels like your heart's being ripped out of your chest. Like I was talking about, you created like a life with this person. And you don't know what to do without them around you for some reason, even if you are your own self. And I am my own self and I never lost that. But still, that like void of having them in, just the, in whatever capacity you did, it's just kind of like, it, it's a shock to your system, right? Your life was headed one way. And now you have to create a whole new path. And that's just going to put anybody into a state of confusion and fear and all these things come up. I didn't go through this this time. And I've never gone through it after my first breakup. But you can't eat. You can't sleep. Your engagement changes. Your your routines don't look the same. Uh, you feel extra lonely. I don't know about anybody else, but I've been feeling extra lonely. Not because I necessarily want that person back, but because it's like, fuck, it, am I ever? gonna have companionship like real companionship they're not fun feelings that much I can tell you so for me I think the most I guess the the biggest memory I have of like breakups disassociation of like you're kind of like going through life 
but it feels you're you're there like you're at work you're at school you're you know at the grocery mm-hmm. store you're with your friends but it feels like you're almost like an outsider observing yourself in those situations because you're present and you're talking and you're there but you don't really feel like you're there or at least I didn't always feel like I was there so it felt like I was in this like long-term like dissociative state because I think like in the back of your mind you're just feeling all of these emotions so having to put forth the energy to be present in other scenarios like in other instances of your life if I mean it of course feels challenging but it feels like that's not where you're at it almost felt like a performance of some sort to me no that makes a lot of sense in those breakups were you the dumper or the dumpy the dumpy um so I'm like oof, let, let's dig into the memories I would say the dumpy because I think like when I've been the dumper I felt like oh like I'm like what you were saying before like I'm I miss the companionship of that person but like you know that the relationship wasn't good so I think it's just the more so like getting adjusted to a new schedule or way of being or like a new like I don't want to say life but you know like it's different like things are just different like that person's not there you know you might have spent Sunday evenings with that person and now you're Mm -hmm. watching you know Netflix by yourself like and it's different like it's not bad it's just different that's that's such a valid point because I think that these are the things that will change your experience if you're when you're going through a breakup so like if when I was a dumper like I was I, I felt exactly what you felt like. Yeah, it was different and there was a void, but like I kept pushing through and being the dumpy is like completely a different experience. In both relationships, I saw the breakup coming, but then I wonder about the people who, yo, like that I've known people that just completely shocked me when they call me and be like, yo, we broke up. I, and it was out of the blue for me. So I can just imagine them and like that shock to your system. Like what the fuck just happened? Like how do I pick myself back up? So it's... I think each breakup changes depending on what role you play and how it looks, right? Like, did you see it coming? Um, all these things. It's, it's It definitely changes the, the feelings. Yeah, and I think it also depends on a lot of other factors too. Like, is this a divorce? Is, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, are there kids involved and you still got to see this person? Like, are you fighting a custody battle? Is it like, you know, your little teenage breakup? Like, you got to see them in school in the hallways. Like, remember those days? Like, yo, when you had class with them and you had to act like you didn't give a fuck <laughs> you got broken up with, that was the worst. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's such a me thing. I dated somebody in college when I was in high school. This is a guy I was with for 10 years. And he, he broke... Yo, that was the hardest breakup I've ever gone through Um, with him, the first breakup me and him had. Uh, I call it the puppy love breakup. I was super obsessed with him, man. Like I, I did anything for him, and I, I, I was so unhealthy in that relationship. Like looking back, I'm like, yo, I was bad. I was attached. I was clingy. I, I did all the wrong things. Um, but I remember, like, just that moment he broke up with me. I was getting out of work. He picked me up, and then I was just like, I felt it coming, and I was in denial. He told me he needed space, and I begged him. I was like, please don't do this. Um, but yeah, we, we broke up. And I remember, I think I lost like 20 pounds in three weeks. Like that's the first and last time I never ate. Because get out of here if I'm not going to eat anymore. Fuck out of here. Anyone (laughs) in in this life (laughs) is going to change my eating habits. Like they don't change my workout schedule or my eating habits. Mm -mm. First and last. But you're like that. That puppy love breakup. That's fucking. That's the for me. That's rough. Like, yo, your world ends. Yeah, because I, cause you, when you're a kid, you're also dramatic. 
you you really well first of all you're the center of your own worlds right like I think when you're young you just don't really have a sense for other people so it just feels like your whole world has crumbled around you just feel I'm like the dramatics of it all and I like look at tv shows and I'm like relax like it's not that serious but I'm like no shut up because you were just as dramatic (laughs) like when you were younger So yeah, and I remember like having a hard time getting over that first puppy love relationship. Like it took me years to get over that one because I was, oh, this is also a bad habit of mine where I like start to envision my whole future with them and I need to stop doing Mm. that. Like girls just date for fun. Like, you know, like don't, don't try to marry the person or don't think like, where is this going? Is this going to be a serious relationship and just kind of have fun? But I will say that puppy love relationship was hard because we had Spanish class together and he sat in the row to my left, but one seat in front of me. And then I used to wait for him all the time, like outside of class. And I waited Mm. for him and he didn't come. And I was like, but I know he's in school today. So I went inside the classroom um, and then he came into class late. And when he came into class, he gave me a note. And then sat down in his seat. So I read the note that he had broken up with me. Because, of course, when you're in high school, no one ever breaks up with you to your face. And then I had to hold back tears for an entire class period. I went to science. So this was Spanish. I went to science after. And I sat down. And I busted out crying. Because I couldn't hold it in anymore. (laughs) I was just holding it in for, like, a whole, like, 45 minutes. And I remember the science teacher just handed me the hall pass. And, like, he didn't say anything. He was just like, here. Like, I just, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Yo. But... Those those details are so re- like they're so relevant to that stage of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Where the the world is ending, as compared to like let's say you break up with somebody when you're a young adult, like you're in your almost mid twenties, and it's different. You're starting to find yourself. You're if you're in college, you're either getting out of college or getting into a new career. You're looking to explore different things. Um, it still hurts a lot because losing someone is not easy. When you're in your 20s, especially uh, at that stage, there's this feeling that like, oh, I have time. Now you have the opportunity to go become the person you want to be. And like, I, I just want to point out that I'm speaking only within the realm of living in this country and growing up as a millennial. These are certain privileges provided to us because of our, our culture permits us to go mm. through these phases. Because if you think about any other country, like they don't have these experiences in their mid 20s. Like my cousins in Colombia, they were married with two kids and they're my oh, age. Wow. So it's different. Yeah also, arranged, yeah. also arranged marriages, too. Like if you're in a culture where you have to get married by a certain time or it's an arranged marriage, it's, def- it's a different scenario for sure. Exactly. Like you explore your options now. Like now I'm not in my 20s anymore, but when you're in your 20s and like it's an option, like. It's not an option. It's more like, a, you know, hopefully, I mean, at least I knew and a lot of my friends do not to get married to the first person you fall in love with uh, because like you, this is a time where you like finalize your identity and begin to explore like what you like and what you don't like. So you don't want to jump into anything like you wait, like to actually, you know, solidify something with somebody. I will say it it was hard because I think like in my mind, I had grown up with you know, like, I'm gonna get married by this time, and I'm gonna do this, but I think there were other factors, like, really playing into that. I think I was really looking for connection, and to feel like someone was, like, my family, like, my person. They had my back, Mm -hmm. so I feel like 
at that time. I like, yes, there was a lot to explore in terms of life, but I think I was so sheltered and I was like, well, maybe if I meet someone, like I can finally like live and then feel like I have a home, like a safe space, um, to, to connect. So I agree that, um, everyone's experience is, is very different in that regard. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, your thirties, uh, which is something I can relate to now. Like, yo, this breakup hit me hard because of all these like societal fears. Most of my friends are engaged or married or they're in a couple and they're all like, even talking about it gets me like, fuck, what am I doing? Uh, (laughs) And you're, and you're in a more mature, hopefully a more mature phase of your development. So you don't want to engage in certain behaviors that you did in your 20s, right? Not because it's not fun, but because it's like, that's not what you're necessarily looking for, right? Like, so what Mm -hmm. you just finished saying, that experience of having my person, uh, having someone I could have home with, like, I've understood that I wanted this from the end of my late 20s until now. So it's like, I don't want to just go out and be mindless. It was fun while it lasted, but I, I can't do that anymore. And I think that ending the relationship in my 30s, it kind of felt like a failure. And I owned that shit All, because that's my personality. But I owned it. I owned it like I, fu- I must have done something wrong. And now look at me. I'm in my 30s, single, lonely, and I'm never going to meet somebody. Like that's the narrative you tell yourself. So, yo, like this, I think the different stages of break in your life when you break up with somebody is super important to to look at and like what comes up for you and what's rational and, and what's irrational, right? <laughs> now when I date, well, I, I guess I just turned 30, but I, I feel like I do date or want to date with more intention. Um, I think I'm still trying to find the balance because I'm also realizing like how I show up in relationships and the ways that I need to be different in the way that I date because I think like for because in my 20s I feel like I'm in like a reverse schedule because in my 20s I was like commit 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 and it Mm. all just backfired on me like now I'm kind of like all right like I don't want to just you know like go on a different date every week but I also understand that you know like you got to kind of explore what's out there and not feel constrained by specific timelines that's the one thing where I'm like all right I don't want to feel like I'm 35 and I'm stressed like oh my gosh like I'm 35 and I'm not married and I don't have my kids like I don't want to experience that but I do feel like breakups as you get older I have to fight myself to think about like the timeline like all right like don't get caught up in your timelines like the timelines that you've made up in your head because I think that's what makes breaking up in the 30s so hard because you feel like what is the timeline that society has set or other people have set or you set even for yourself in your head of like where you're supposed to be and then the breakup is a reminder that you're not there Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because when we talk about breakups at least my mind doesn't immediately go to divorce Because it just feels so Mm. much bigger. But yo, like a divorce is a breakup. It's a separation. And all these things that we're talking about, like in regards to societal pressures and the expectations that you've internalized, they become more solidified when you're married because there's an actual contract, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. this expectation, like until death do us part. And I can just imagine because I've, you know, I've never been married, but I just talked about owning the shame of not being at a certain place in a relationship where we were no, trust me when I say we were nowhere near getting married because he told me so. Um, But like, I can just imagine like thinking 
okay, I should stay in this relationship because it is a marriage and now there's kids and now we have property and now we have all these things. Like, yo, like it gets harder. Yeah. The commitment just becomes more deep rooted as you get older. So I think that when you notice, you know, your lives are heading in different directions, like you have to stop and figure out if that contract in your mind, the way you've internalized it is enough to keep you on that path. It's hard. These, this is why yeah. breakups are so hard. Yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine <laughs> like the whole process of going through a divorce. But I feel like when I've heard, you know, from other people is it like, do you keep fighting for this? Because, right, like, you know, sometimes in relationships, you have to distinguish between when do you keep fighting for something as opposed to when do you need to let it go? And I think that that distinction becomes a little more challenging when you've spent like 20 years with somebody and it's like is this a rut is this you know the end of the road um so I I you know my heart goes out to anyone experiencing a divorce for sure because that's that's a tough one yeah you know and taking it a step back like thinking about the reasons that people break up divorce separate whatever you want to call it um I think something to keep in mind is like just because it worked out at one point in time and this is something that stays stuck in our minds right like but it worked two years ago um it doesn't mean it's working right now or that it has to continue to work or that it will work people do grow apart and we change and uh maybe you were (laughs) i'm sorry to say this and this is very personal to me but maybe you were never really good for each other to begin with and Sometimes it's just best to split up so both parties can be happier. I think it's also really difficult to assess like when that is. So I feel like how do you how do you figure that out? There's this American psychologist, uh, John Gottman. He's kind of like the the guru on couples and marriage and getting marriages to work. He is a researcher and a clinician who did a lot of work for over 40 years on divorce prediction and marital stability. Um, He has this, I I think it's a really good book. And even if you're not in a marriage, you should still read it and do the exercises with your partner. It's called um, Seven, The Seven Principles of Making a Marriage Work. And in the book, he talks about these four horsemen of the apocalypse um, because it's as dire as it sounds, right? Like, so the four horsemen of the apocalypse is like a metaphor for depicting the end of times in the New Testament. So the next four points that I'm about to make, John Gottman can tell you that if they're present and how present they are, like how much they show up in a relationship, he can basically say like these people are going to get divorced or they're going to stay together depending on how they manage these four things. The first one is criticism. So he noticed that when we are critical of our partner, it's kind of a slippery slope for the other horsemen. So what I mean is like it just opens up the doors for all of the other bad things that can happen in a relationship to come in. So there's a difference between complaining and criticizing. When you criticize, you're passing judgment on someone. And a complaint is specific to one situation that you may not have liked. So, for example, your partner did not fill up the gas tank. And now that means that you have to wake up early tomorrow and take some extra time out of your day to fill it up when they could have done it. Right. So the complaint would be the complaint to your partner would be, I'm annoyed you didn't fill up the gas tank because so and so and so now I have to rush to work. A criticism looks sounds like you're selfish and lazy for not filling up the gas tank. So that's the judgment piece. And this is something that a lot of people in relationships do. So a lot of people start to wonder like, where were the signs? How come I didn't see it coming? Um, These are the things to look out for in a relationship. So criticism is a big one. 
And the next one is contempt. And apparently it's the worst of the four. Contempt is when you imply that your partner is inferior to you in some way. This is more than just verbal communication and saying, I think the way you're doing something is beneath me. I think body language is key here. Like, so think about a person who you and we've all met those people. They're full of themselves and they don't have anything to say, but they let you know that they think they're better than you with the way they're acting towards you. It's an attitude, like it's an expression of disgust, right? So for example, if your partner's helping you with a task and you stop them midway and start expressing like, oh no, don't, you can't do anything right. I can do it all by myself. That's verbal, but it's also kind of saying like, you ain't shit. You can't help me out with anything and I'm just better than you. That's contempt. The next one is defensiveness. I think we all have defenses, but it's how you manage it, right? So like when getting into an argument, you accept absolutely no responsibility for what's going on. It's never them. It's always a you problem. And this is very, very personal to me. I felt this one. So you forget to clean the dishes. And instead of saying something like, yes, I forgot, I'm sorry. And I take full responsibility for what, however that backed up your, you know, your partner's time, let's say, in acknowledging what happened in the situation, what you do is say, I was so busy doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm so tired, and I can't believe you're complaining to me about the dishes. Like, you're being defensive. You're you're kind of, like, making it seem like, all right, I know I didn't do it, but, like, I'm not going to own the responsibility for it. And this is um very specific to me, and so is the next one, which is stonewalling. I hate this one. When you stonewall, your partner or you do not respond to what the other is saying. Like literally talking to a wall, literally. So they'll sometimes act like you're not even talking to them, which is invalidating. And the message being sent by the the stonewaller is that you're not important to me and your comments are not valid. It doesn't feel good when people do that to you, let me tell you, because it's been done to me a lot. I think these are very helpful. I also feel like (laughs) I wonder if they would be willing to do like a modern day version, like a millennial Gen Z version of this, like for couples and like relationships and then, you know, gaslighting or how does it relate to these types of situations? Because I think all of this like makes a lot of sense, but I think it just looks very different, like or the terminology that we use nowadays looks really different. But I really love John Gottman's and his wife because we can't forget her, um, their no, work in relationships. So I think it also breaks it down in a way that is digestible as opposed to like the issues in a marriage or a relationship seeming so big, not to oversimplify things, but it's like, okay, like I can, you know, name these things and I can mm-hmm. address them because I understand where these things lie instead of thinking like, I always have this issue of the dishes or I always have this issue of like, you don't, you know, clean the bathroom, etc. No, yeah, that's why I actually really love their work and full transparency. Uh, of course, I actually did couples therapy with both partners that I was in relationships with. And the second one, we did the John Gottman style. And it was in- it was good for a little bit. It worked for a little bit. But what you do within this particular therapy is you start to identify the four horsemen in your conflict discussions, right? And then you start to name, like, this makes me feel this way when you do that. So then you learn how to show up differently, for your partner and you can undo these things and you can practice getting into new habits with your partners, which is why I think therapy is beneficial. But I think the the takeaway is, is that in order to engage in reversing it, like whatever the issue is between you and your partner, you and your partner, both at the same time, need to be willing to do the work every day. 
And that work does not stop. And I think this is a common misconception that things are supposed to just like, quote unquote, flow. Right. And I think that this could lead people back into that realm of that slippery slope of getting into breakup territory because they don't recognize that this is every day. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's just a great way to think of relationships, period. They're always going to be a lot of work. But I think if you're committed to the person and the relationship, you're willing to do that. If you're noticing that someone isn't willing to do the work, I would say, I mean, I'm not right away, obviously, like give them more than a day, please. Uh, but Like give them time. But I would say that this is a huge sign that a breakup is is on its way or you should be thinking about it because you can't be the only one doing the work in a relationship. It takes two people. Yeah, and I will say I'm someone who loses patience very quickly. (laughs) So I think like sometimes for me, if I'm like, oh, you're not doing the work or you're not doing the work at a pace or at a level that I've done it, then I'm very quick to be like, all right, I'm not committing to this. I think that if you're you're present in a relationship, you know, if your partner is putting in the work, you know, if you're doing it as well, you know, if you're trying Mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't want to see it. Right. Like, so, for example, in my last relationship, I I saw the lack of action and I I know that I didn't want to believe it for whatever reason. But I also was confused because, like, it was so weird. Like I was shown that I was wanted and then I was shown that I wasn't wanted in some way. So, like, you know, I was told, like, I'm happy if we don't fight. And then me being me, like I started to own the responsibility when we had arguments as if it was all my fault. So I fell into this habit of trying to make it better when in reality, we both needed to. But like, he just wasn't in it. He didn't want to fight, period. And that's it. He clocked out. And that's that's not working at it. That's a really good sign <laughs> that <laughs> you, even if you love the person, that maybe this isn't working and you should walk out because you don't deserve that. I didn't deserve that. There are a couple more things that you should be on the lookout for and when thinking about, oh, sh- is this relationship worth it for me or should I be out? You two are not understanding each other. Communication is a huge piece to a relationship. And if you're feeling like your partner never understands you or isn't making the time, I think that's a good sign. Another one is when you don't feel seen in the relationship or this is a big one. The relationship is doing you more harm than good. It sucks because when you're in love, love will make you endure a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. let me tell you. But that doesn't mean you have to. So sitting down and making a like a pros and cons list on the relationship could be really helpful. Again, I I like being honest. So I did this a year before the breakup, and I still didn't initiate the breakup for my own reasons. But I knew. <laughs> I knew. I knew what I know. I know. That's all I'm going to say. I know. I feel like sometimes when I'm like, if I have to sit down and do a pros and cons list, that's kind of my also my sign that I'm like, mm, girl, if you got to sit here and analyze and you're trying to like <laughs> think and debate it, you probably are not in it or like there's there's something wrong. So also understand yourself. Like if you're someone who just needs to like analyze like and, and needs to see things. But I find for me, once I start making the pros and cons list, once I have to like start thinking or being nitpicky about things, that's my sign personally that I'm just like, nope gotta go something or at least something's not right here and it it goes beyond the pros and cons list yeah I think I agree I agree with you on that something's not right here right like there's an understanding that this isn't flowing and Mm -hmm. it goes back to that piece of like are both people gonna put the work in to make it flow again in 
and and it's not gonna look how it looked in the beginning, right? It's gonna flow in a new way, but um, that's what it takes. And I think that these are the things that, at least for me, when I was sitting down and thinking about like, yo, is this someone that I want to be with? I had said yes in my mind, and I knew the things we needed to work on, but it was just too much, and that should have been the biggest sign for me. But like that just goes to show that you don't, you can still want the relationship, but the best thing would be the breakup for mm-hmm. both parties. And another sign is like you start thinking about what life is like without them, right? Because even if you love this person, you're like, do I really need all this this stress? Do I really need all like it starts to get heavy on you? Like, and I think this is when you should sit down and really contemplate what's going on in the relationship and if it's if it's good for you, if it's healthy for you. And last but not least, I think it is extremely important to recognize if you are in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical or emotional, because that is a huge, that is the, the, get out, get out if if you're being abused. Yeah, I definitely had an experience with an ex who I was in a very abusive relationship. I was also 18. So for me, like when it came to abusive relationships, the only thing that I really associated with that was, um, a physical abuse I was like well like this relationship doesn't feel good but he's never like hit me right because that was the only time that because you know like you see on tv domestic violence but it's only until like the person's being physically hurt that you're like okay then they need to leave but I did start to see the signs even in that relationship because he would get very angry and he Mm. would like punch a wall or something like that. And I'm I'm glad that I was able to get out. Because I think at one point we were arguing. And I was like, I'm leaving. Like, I don't want to argue with you. Like, I'm over this. And I went to go grab my bag, which was in the living room of his house. And when I bent down to, like, get the bag and I turned around, he was, like, standing behind me. And he had pushed me down onto mm. the couch. And he didn't even, like, push me down hard. Like, it wasn't even, like, super forceful or anything like that. It was just enough to, like, get me to sit. And then I was like oh this relationship is going is turning abusive because he was hitting other things but now he's feeling comfortable putting his hands on me and that was my sign like gotta go and that was definitely one of those relationships where I was happy to be gone from that relationship but I think the breakup process felt different from other breakups in that particular one because I was like I don't want to be the girl that was in that relationship anymore it was almost like I wanted to sh- I wanted to break up with him and break up with the girl that was in that relationship. I was like, I don't know who she was, but I don't like her and I don't ever want to see her again. Yo, you know, like now we're on Zoom and we have the little reaction button. Like, I just want to press the applause button. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real. Like people will bring different things out in you. And I can totally relate to what you're saying, because I towards the end of the last relationship. I'm, you know, I'm not shy about the fact that I could be aggressive. I became more and more aggressive. Like I remember hitting the dashboard of his car, like just out of frustration. Uh, I've, I've done things I'm not proud of. I just, I, I became somebody that I remember sitting down and thinking like, yo, who am I? This is when people bring the things out in you that you don't like, that's a another good sign that you need to be out just even in reflecting in my past relationships I think that it was interesting like once I kind of like sat down to really think about it the different experiences for each breakup that I had so that was 18 that was just like a really abusive relationship on multiple levels right so then I had someone that I dated in college 
And <laughs> I I say that this this relationship was set in attachment hell from the beginning. <laughs> 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 because I have very anxious attachment I want to make you my person this relationship is bigger than the both of us right because like it needs to be in order for me to feel safe and he was very much an avoidant person very like touch and go like he would be present when he wanted to and was available to and then would detach um when he wasn't and I would say that breakup took me like years to get over it to the point where I had emailed him like five years after we broke up to say like this is how I'm feeling because I could not let go of the relationship because I felt like I wasn't good enough so that relationship Mm. was very much tied to my self-worth as a person because I was like if I would have been funnier if I would have been into sports if I would have been you know the girl that is most popular in school like that type of person then he would have stayed if I wouldn't have been the crazy girlfriend if I wouldn't have been the one accusing him of cheating so it was like all of these things were my fault and I wasn't able to recognize that that person was also not showing up so when we had a discussion about it he was able to say yeah I wasn't these things that you needed my hope for anyone going through a breakup is that you don't necessarily need closure from the other person that you should receive that closure for yourself but I think like the the relationship was an attachment hell so was my self-esteem uh so I think like for that particular one I kind of needed to hear it from him and this Trust me, this this story is a lot messier than it seems, but I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, always messier than what it's, than how we portray it to be. Always. Another, I guess another relationship, like breakup that was different was, um, I called my this ex like my soulmate because I think we were very much kindred spirits. I also have a theory that soulmates are not necessarily people that you date. But I think that, again, they're just like kind of like a kindred spirit, like someone who connects with you on a level that goes beyond other relationships. Um, But it doesn't always necessarily need to be romantic. And that relationship was so funny because he was very similar to me. So we connected. And because he was so similar to me, we clashed a lot Mm. um, because we were both showing up in the relationship with a lot of needs. And we were we both needed so we couldn't give or sometimes we would give to the other person in the hopes to receive but that other person couldn't give right so like it just created this like very strange dynamic um but at the end of that relationship again that ended very poorly um and I will I take a lot of responsibility for that how that relationship ended because I was not a good girlfriend in that relationship at all mm-hmm. um I shouldn't have been in the relationship to begin with but I didn't realize that you can be connected to someone and not necessarily be with them romantically um but I will say with that relationship I was a dumper and I missed him a lot um I hated him for a little while because I was like this relationship was so annoying and then I like shifted to missing him um but what I realized in that relationship was that I didn't necessarily miss the relationship that we had I missed the connection that we had and I missed the fact that in that I feel like that was the one time in my life where someone saw me for like the good the bad the ugly and like cared for me unconditionally so I think like what I missed was not the relationship because the relationship was terrible we just couldn't make it work but I think like also recognizing sometimes it's not 
the person or that relationship you miss is like what what were you getting out of that relationship that maybe you were missing in your life that you missed so I think that was a big lesson and kind of under kind of you know like when you peel back an onion or you're like taking apart like one of those big knots like what are the pieces like what are the different pieces and being able to see each one for separately for what it is no that's a really good point because you know that list that you're making of things that you want in a in a partner and i think that sometimes we we think oh i found this and this from my list and i might as well stay with this person but that's not enough because that's just a trait you know like it mm-hmm. has to co like those things have to mix in in another way that it functions as opposed to just having these things and staying for that and you know having a whole bunch of other stuff you don't like no I agree and I think like as you get older you kind of are able to decipher what those things are with each relationship Mm -hmm. like or like remember when (laughs) remember like back in the day I'm like he gotta have six figure job and he gotta drive (laughs) and like he gotta be you know like tall and then you're like can he just be emotionally intelligent like can I like the requirements shift completely 100 <laughs> percent. they're like fine he got a mental card all right but he gonna talk to me about his feelings fine like we'll, we'll leave the car we'll sacrifice the car <laughs> yo it's so real though because like shit that i would have never allowed in my like in my 20s like i just like totally crossed guys off the list now i'm just more open because it's like yo you have eq which is emotional intelligence. I'm like, yo, that is so attractive. I love that. Thank you. That's on the top of the list. That should be on the top of everybody's list. Um, personally. Yep. Uh, but what if, but all that to say, right? Like, I think it's very easy, especially for me and even for Sasha, because I think she's done a lot of great work in doing the work for herself in this breakup. But I think when you're you're in the midst of the breakup, it's difficult. It's very easy to look back and say like, you know, I reflected and I learned and, you know, I understand these things. But if you're in the midst of a breakup or, you know, someone in the midst of a breakup, we want to just share, you know, some some things to keep in mind um, to mm-hmm. try to successfully move through that stage. So first thing that comes to mind, do not have sex with them. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. You guys are broken up. Mm-mm. Don't do it. That's it. <laughs> I feel like some people are like, well, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> I think mourning the idea of the relationship is a big one. I think that we, we, you know, when we hear of mourning or grieving, we think of like a death, but this is almost like a death. Like it's the death of this relationship or this aspect of your life or this chapter of your life as it once was. So I think we do need to give ourselves the time to mourn the idea of the relationship and know that like you will probably go through the stages of grief, right? Like denial, like did this really happen? Like you wake up the next day and you're like, wait, did we break up? Like you're kind of like lost or at least I've, I've experienced that. You know, you get mm. mad at them. You start to bargain and you think like, well, maybe if I do this and I do that, or if we go to couples counseling, then maybe this is going to work. And then, you know, the depression, that's the ice cream, that's the, you know, watching the rom-coms, you mm-hmm. know, for for half the day. And then, you know, finally you get to a place of acceptance and know that you'll just like when you're grieving, 
the loss of a loved one, even when you're grieving a relationship, like you'll go, you'll shift in and out of these stages at any given point. So just be patient with the process. I practice within the existentialist theory, which talks about figurative deaths, right? So it doesn't have to be a literal mm. death. These are symbolic mm-hmm. deaths. So it mm-hmm. breakups do fit into that. And so you do have to give yourself that grieving process. Another tip for at least on my end uh, would be to not reach out to them. Uh, and I and, and I love it when people just break up and they're like, no, we're going to be friends. I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not a good idea. <laughs> like, what are you guys? Are, who the fuck are you lying yeah. to right now? Definitely not me, because unless both people and I say both right are mature enough to handle being friends, do not jump into the roles of being someone's friend. Reason one. You may be annoyingly hurting the other person if you're the one who initiated the breakup. You may be able to handle being their friend, but maybe they're just taking what they can get at this point because they don't want to lose you. And if you can tell that both parties aren't ready, you need to do the right thing and walk away because there is a right thing. All right. I have high morals and I'm, I'm, I have high expectations of people. I'm just putting it out there. Let them heal without you confusing them. Reason number two. If you didn't want the breakup and are engaging with your ex because you want them to be around, that is emotional self-harm behavior. Why are you settling for the little that they're giving you? It's not healthy for you, and it will only keep you in a perpetual state of, you know, I'm not going to find better. I'm not enough. Um, I promise you, you will find better. You just got to do the work. You got to believe that you're better. I promise it's going to happen. But do not engage with them. That is like a big no-no for me. Also, like when these breakups happen, like you also kind of have to do what you need to do to make you feel better, right? Of course, doing what you need to do to feel better always has to come within reason. Like don't just go out and do drugs and make yourself numb or clear out the frozen dessert section at your supermarket (laughs) with 15 tubs of ice cream. Or at least get you some like skinny cow, whatever, if you're going to do it. Like try, try not to, you know, go, go too crazy. If you got to sleep over at your friend's house, cry on their shoulders, you know, tell your friends, like, I'm going to need to lean on you all for support during this time. Like, make it clear what what your needs are and what's going to make you feel better. Definitely reach out to people. I love that. Like, your friends are there to help you. Hopefully, they're loving and accepting and they know how to give you what you need. So going back to, you know, like drugs and alcohol, I think it's super important to, to recognize what you're doing and try not to replace the comfort of being with that person that you used to be with all the time with another person or some kind of substance, whether that's food, drugs, alcohol, any kind of addictive substance, right? So the first thing that comes to mind usually, especially within our culture, uh, when we talk about breakups is like, you know, drinking until you pass out. Uh, I'm guilty of it. I've done it. I lost the whole jacket because of it at a bar one time. (laughs) It was freezing. Ryan, you the jacket. Yo, it was <laughs> freezing. And um, end of the night, I'm like, where's my jacket? Couldn't find it. Someone must have sold it. And I remember John Legend's song, um, All of Me, came on. It was like an Irish bar. I, I, was, I was done. Like, someone had to, like, drag me out of the bar. I was, I was done. So, FYI, alcohol is a depressant. Uh, so, if you're already feeling oh, yeah. low, it's not going to help you get high. It's not going to put you on a high state. It's going to make you feel worse. And then the next day... You feel even more depressive, let me just say. And maybe you're not replacing the person with any kind of substance, which is a great thing. But I do want to touch on the, the fact that, like, our I think culturally speaking, we we like to think that, like, oh, you get over somebody by getting under somebody new. 
I hate that saying because while I do believe that we're capable of falling in love like many times in our lifetime, I don't like this advice because of the fact that if you get into a new relationship right after one has like just ended, you're really likely to repeat the same patterns that caused this one to not work. Mm -hmm. So take the time to get over the person and experience the pain, experience the ending and just just know that it's a process. And another thing I will say is, like, stop following them on socials. Um, I Ooh. guess that goes back to, like, trying to be a friend. Um, don't have your friends give you updates. Sasha might have a little <laughs> different uh, <laughs> philosophy on that. But, like, who the fuck cares? Like, just just take your space from them. Me and the block button are besties. Like, if you want me to introduce you to the block button, because, you know, we, we tight, we close, we go way back, way back. Uh, let me know. I will help <laughs> you. But I am, I mean, I think, like, to a certain degree, for me, it's been a little unhealthy because I'm like, oh, it'll be like you never existed. I'd be like, you know, John who? I don't know that man. Mm. Like, I'm gonna I'm pull like Kiki Palmer. Like, I'm sorry to this man, but I don't know who this man is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to that extreme, but um, <laughs> definitely like take a break because uh, I think also like being all up in their business is not helpful. So I think uh, another big piece that I loved about what Sasha said a little bit earlier about not like jumping into the next person because you're going to repeat the same patterns is to also like stop and understand your role and your shortcomings as well as theirs so whenever mm -hmm. someone's going through a breakup like you know once they've they've gotten to the point where they can step back and reflect I would never ask somebody this in the midst of like them feeling depressed and going through it I always ask well because I think people when they talk about breakups they're very quick to say what the other person did wrong and I always I'm like mm -hmm, okay yeah oh shoot like they're the worst for that and I'm like so then what did you do wrong in this relationship because I think a lot of times we think that because we're the ones that feel hurt that we also didn't cause hurt to the other person so a disclaimer that this does not count if you were in a abusive relationship of some sort where the other person had control or power over you. But being able to self-reflect from both your perspective and theirs will help you get a better picture of what the relationship really was and will help you heal what the root issue was. Even in my past relationships, like in reflecting, like, you know, I could have with with the guy who I was like, oh, he was my soulmate we kept like breaking up to make up and I think it was because I couldn't decipher what the attachment was like why I couldn't mm. let go so taking the time to really reflect and figure it out is really helpful yeah I completely agree um but that was my first relationship with my my ex like we broke up on and off for 10 years like that's a huge sign that you're just ain't right for each other like we broke up like five times come on that's too much <laughs> and then I would say also like be try to be forgiving of yourself too so sometimes it's like you should have known better you ignored the red flags you love the person even when they treated you like shit um and we're all human it happens to the best of us like we're all learning we're all growing so always remember to give yourself some grace and compassion it's i will say it's really easy for me to say this on the other end when i'm not like in the midst of the feelings but i also understand like we're all humans and we all have emotions and we all mess up and i think that being forgiving of yourself is also helpful Another thing I would say is write yourself a letter reminding yourself why you broke up. Yeah. Um, I think, like, 
obviously you want to journal during this time because you need to reflect. Writing yourself a letter to reaffirm who you are as a person um, so your self-esteem doesn't take a hit. And, you know, writing them an angry-ass letter to get you off your chest that you are the worst human being in the world and you weren't that good in bed anyway, so forget you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely done that. Uh, so just kind of like writing these things when you need a reminder of like who you are, why you broke up, you know, when you just need to get that anger out. So I love the fact that you're talking about journaling. Uh, something that I did this time around, I created a notes uh, like specifically to my ex because I was so used to texting him. And I would te- I would write in those notes and in, in my phone, in the Apple phone, as if I was texting him. Because it helped me relieve that feeling of like, I need to reach out to him. And I would write. And then lo and behold, after a month, I just kind of stopped writing to him. So it really, really was helpful. And I would say, you know, we talked a lot about the different types of relationships when you're going through like puppy love or your 20s or your 30s. Like sometimes like you do need to see a therapist, Um, especially if it was a big breakup. We're talking about divorce, children, long term relationships that you've been in for a really long time or, you know, like a relationship that took up a significant amount of time or years out of like crucial developmental stages in life are you coming uh, you're coming for me right that's like my story <laughs> i was <laughs> i was trying to be subtle trying to be subtle um <laughs> but yeah like sometimes you just need to see a therapist like sometimes you just need that additional support and you know that's okay and we we have our episode on choosing a therapist so definitely uh go back and and read that or check out our instagram post on it um, if that's what you need for yourself. Yes, I love that advice. So really quickly, since I'm still going through the breakup, I'm not even six months in, I just want to share a little more with you on what I've been doing. If you're also going through a breakup, I think it's important to create a new routine for yourself, like one that you actually like. Start making a list of things that you know you enjoy and actually go out and do them. I say this from experience because you do not need a partner to experience joy. Yeah, I know it's nice to share that with somebody, And I'm never going to deny it, but you can do it all by yourself. (sighs) Something that's really, really (laughs) that I think that most people hate hearing is give yourself time. And, you know, like I remember like going, even though I was a dumper going through the first breakup with my ex, I, I was so, I felt it was 10 years. So of course I felt a void, but like, I remember searching on Quora, how do you get over a breakup? And this bitch told me time. And I was like, I don't want to fucking hear this shit right now. Like, I remember just turning my phone off. Like, whatever. I don't care. Uh, I was so mad. But the reality is that time really is the only thing that will help you get over the breakup. Time allows you to process your feelings and your thoughts at the needed pace without interruption. So when you're too involved in the emotional side of things, your logic takes a backseat, right? Once you give yourself the space, which is, you know, a.k.a. the breakup, you are allowing both your logic and emotions to slowly come together and come to a nice middle ground. And then you can begin to process things and your current situation in a much clearer manner. And the only way this happens is if you give yourself time to do that because it works in your favor because you're, you know, as much as we are advanced as human beings, we we still, we're not, we can't speed things up. Uh, we have to let our bodies and our minds do what they do best. So if you find yourself trying to rush the process, acknowledge that you can calm yourself down by meditating, breathing, exercising, uh, talking to a friend, utilize your friends. Um, I think it's super important to 
to recognize that your friends are there for you. Reach out to them. Don't feel silly. We all go through this. Yeah. And if you are a friend um, that is trying to support someone through a breakup, these are just some things that you can do to help them get through it. So definitely reassure them, you know, let them know they're still worthy, beautiful, handsome. They're, you know, going to be okay at some point. They're not stupid for not seeing the signs or for not leaving earlier or for having their children or for marrying them, you know, whatever, depending on the breakup. Them know that their process is their process um, and their timeline is right on time, right? Mm -hmm. So like time heals all wounds and then whatever timeline you're on, that is exactly where you need to be. And then also tell them about our little podcast, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) they need a little extra support becoming the best version of themselves. Always give them a shoulder to cry on or listen when they need to vent and go just go through the waves that they're experiencing something difficult. Set up a friend's night, like a guy's night out, girl's night out. You know, uh, one thing that I, I love is like writing them a letter to remind them that you love them or just kind of something to to remind them that they're special, especially because you're not always going to be available. You know, you got work, you you got a date, like you might have your own relationship that you need to tend to while that person's going through a breakup. So maybe like sending them an email or a letter, something to just remind them of why they're special, why you love them um, and why they're better than that relationship you know, sending them flowers or a gift, helping them get out the house. Because sometimes if you're in the state where you're like really just down and out, you might have to kind of drag them out. And maybe not like to the club, but even just to the cafe, you know, like yeah. for for an afternoon chat, you know? Yeah, we're in a pandemic. So yeah, we're in a pandemic. So definitely not the club, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but post, post-pandemic life. Definitely plan a trip. If that's something, you know, like a getaway, something to kind of distract them or, you know, just, you know, just any, any little things that you can um, to remind them that, that you care and that you're there for them. Cause I think it can be a very uh, daunting or lonely experience and you want to make sure that they don't, they don't think that that's permanent and that they have, they have the people to, to support them through it. Yeah. I can definitely say that Crystal has done a lot of these things, so Thanks, boo. And this breakup wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, so it's it's all right. Thank you. I have good friends, so thank you for being there. All right, everyone, that was our episode. It was a it was a difficult topic for sure. Just to kind of talk about the, the vulnerabilities of it all. Breakups are definitely hard to do, but there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, definitely make sure to follow us on Instagram at Never Told This Pod. Let us know what you thought of today's conversation. You can also email us at nevertoldthispod at gmail.com. And don't forget to come back next week so we can continue to tell you what they never told us.